This is an AMI podcast. I'm Kelly McDonald. I'm Ramia Amadin, and this is Kelly and Ramia. Ramia Muthan, Kelly McDonald, hosts of the program, and welcome you back, ladies and gentlemen. Always so much fun, Ram, when we hear about different shows on the network and how excited the hosts are. And you, you kind of get a little behind the scenes because every experience for every host doing something on here is so different and the excitement is always there. So that was really wonderful to hear uh, Bobby's anticipation of what could come next with the program. Yeah, you can really tell why something is important to someone when you have these conversations, right? Like on the show, we get to see uh, Bobby lead these workouts and we get to understand why this show is important to us. But, you know, how how did she come about doing it and uh, why is it important for her to express these things to our audience and the rest of the community and how she relates back to it is so wonderful to get to, into that. Well, it's always fun, of course, uh, a new new voice on the network. We have one, too, today to introduce to you, as a matter of fact, ladies and gentlemen, new to our program and the position of community reporter out of Vancouver. Wonderful to have Carol Yopel joining us. Carol, welcome back to the program. We had you on as a guest and now community reporter for us when you come on once a month. Thank you so much. I'm really happy to join the conversation. Well, we appreciate it. And for folks listening in Mondays and Tuesdays, we visit with our community reporters to find out what's happening in their regions across Canada. Carol, your first item, and I'm not sure I'm going to say the the sea correctly or what this part of of, uh, the ocean is. Uh, This is a personal experience swimming in the Salish Sea. Is that how you say it? Salish Sea. Salish Sea. I think that's... uh an indigenous word that's renamed the what was the Straits of Georgia. Um, right. So it's the Salish Sea, but it is something that I, I love doing and um, have kept up doing even despite cooler temperatures recently. Wow. Well, that's amazing. Well, tell us a little bit of the history when you started, and obviously we're learning that you're, you're a, a big swimming fan, or, of course, knowing, hey, man, swimming is the best way to keep fit. Well, it's a little of both, as a matter of fact. Um, I guess I should start at the very beginning, the first time I ever saw the ocean. I was six years old. I didn't know how to swim. It was the Atlantic Ocean. I ran right into that thing, (laughs) and it was crazy. My dad had to come fish me out. What are you doing in there? But I think I was attracted by the vastness of it and by the sound of the waves and, you know, maybe even the smell. I don't remember, but I only know that that was my first look, and I just never looked back. I always wanted to be swimming, so I did learn to swim. And then I, I moved to Vancouver 15 years ago, and I found the water to be terribly cold in the Pacific, but then I kind of got used to it, and I wow. just felt... Isn't that interesting, so since most of us would think the Atlantic colder? Uh, what, where were you when you discovered the Atlantic? Were you in Nova Scotia or where? Uh, that was actually in Massachusetts. Okay. Um, yeah, wow. I was born in the States, but um, 
you know, I, I think it depends on where you go. Right. And, and of course, obviously, the current and, and what, where it's coming from, whether it's bringing you that warm water. So, okay, you, you, get, into the, you get in out there into, into the, uh, the ocean, in the Pacific Ocean, and it was cold, but you just loved it. You, you re-found it. I re-found it. And I think that, well, I go to the, as far as vision loss goes, I think it's important to say right off the bat that you got to be safe. Uh, you got to go with somebody. I always go to the same place. I always go at high tide when I know I can walk in on the sandy bottom, all those things. But, you know, the thing is about swimming with vision loss is as long as you get those safety things down in the beginning, you don't have to see to swim. <laughs> no. No, there's so many beautiful things. The feel of the water, the way it, well, you certainly know it'll push you back. If you think, okay, where am I? I got to relax a bit here. And, and it's so wonderful for the body. So when you say that with the cold water, um, assuming that your husband and you both go, is he a swimmer? He's not a swimmer. He, he stands on the shore and waves his arms and makes sure I know where I am. <laughs> I have a little bit of vision. I have an inherited retinal disease, but I have some peripheral vision. So he, he's my safety man there. That's good. What gear do you, for swimming properly, what would you say to people in this situation? You say, you know, this sounds so wonderful, especially being uh, low vision. You know, you can't see the waves coming in. Or is there anything you've, you've learned to be careful of or concern yourself with? Thanks for that good question. Absolutely. So I wear um, a little body suit. I mean, it's not a wetsuit, but it has arms. So it's not a real, just a swimming suit. And that keeps me a bit warmer. I wear little uh, shoes, kind of light rubber shoes that protect against the bottom as I walk in. And I wear... uh, tinted goggles i have some light sensitivity mm-hmm. so i use these goggles and they also keep the you know salt water out so those are my main safety things i understand the sensitivity and i always used to say when we'd go to the beach up here uh at grand ben or or Ipperwash, just outside of london here where i am um that i don't want to go to the one that has the rocks as you go in the water and the hard stuff my feet get sore so i i love always love the sand so i think the shoes are, are tremendous um what do you do to get out one of the things that used to scare me a little bit getting out of the water especially with all the people at the beach knowing where my family was well that's a big that's a big thing of course and i appreciate you bringing it up so i always go to the very same place and it's not very crowded here in vancouver there's lots and lots of beaches and it kind of stretches out to the west toward the university for anybody who knows that area so i go to the very same one next to the jericho sailing club and it has this rock jetty that stands out into the water, so I always know where the west is. I can see enough of that to know where where I'm getting out. And because I go at high tide, I know there's only about 10 steps to get out of the water. Beautiful. And it's soft. Yeah. And it makes you you comfortable. Yeah, that's exactly right. You know, these uh, points that you have with landmarking and just understanding yourself in relation to the water is so helpful to hear about because, uh, Carol, I think that 
a lot of us think of the ocean. <laughs> well, I, I go into Lake Ontario and then I think um, when I leave and, and go into the actual ocean, it feels very, very different. Uh, the fear factor, I think, increases, especially if you're kind of just a mediocre swimmer like me. I think I'm a little less than that. Um, and then, And so when I hear you talk about all the different things you figured out to keep yourself safe, and then satisfied, like you can go swimming and really enjoy yourself. Um, it makes me feel like it's possible, like people can really find ways to continue to enjoy and not let the fear uh, and nervousness of hitting the ocean kind of consume you. Well, I'm really glad that you, you said that, Rania, because there is there has to be an enjoyment factor that outweighs the fear factor. Yep. And, and isn't that true about so many things that we have to encounter with vision loss? You know, how do you get to that? And, and how do you pick those things that where you say, okay, the bang for the buck is so good. I'm going to make this work. Right. And for yep. me, you know, it's the feeling of being free without gravity and without having to see and the smell and the sound and, you know, the beautiful environment that is Vancouver. Mm-hmm. I don't know. For me, this was the thing to, like, grip my teeth and figure out the safety things I could do to make it still possible to do it. Yeah, and that's absolutely the stuff that people yearn if, for some, for whatever reason, in their own personal journeys, they've had to stop getting into the water, right? That's the stuff that you'd miss so much. So uh, I'm really glad. And we put your your thoughts and your uh, stories about... Um, swimming and continuing to swim along with all those safety tips up on our blog ami.ca slash kellyco so I hope people will go out and check it out now let's get to the municipal elections in Vancouver because this is coming up yeah that's right on October 15th and that's throughout all of BC there are in fact 161 municipalities as it turns out And this year, it seems like there's more new people running. There's like more than 3,000 people running, and a lot of people are new. And so even though with municipal elections, I guess we're told that turnout is historically very low, it kind of seems to me like with all these new people and women and uh, young people running, you know, in local elections where, you know, maybe we can make a difference and, and make our voices heard the vision community so i sort of got excited about it and did a little research great so there are a couple things being um done to hopefully ensure the accessibility of voting is that right that's right for vancouver so i want to be very clear now that i'm speaking in this way only about what's being offered in vancouver so It seems to me they've done really a nice job at trying to reach out for accessibility. So you can vote by mail in advance. That's what I'm doing. Uh, you got to order your ballot by calling 311, and you do that before September 27th. But you can also go in person, and for five days in advance of the general election, that's October 1, 5, 8, 11 and 13 from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. You can go to a couple of select locations in Vancouver. One is called the Roundhouse and one is called Trout Lake. And there they have an assistive ballot. It can either be Braille or they have a sip and puff 
and they also have some kind of paddle. I think that's sort of a big button that you can use on those days only, the advanced voting days. On Election Day itself, October 15, you can ask for assistance from an election official or you can bring someone with you and they will allow that person to help you see the ballot. That's amazing. Yep, really, really great. Carol, we're done. Thank you so much for engaging conversation, fantastic information, and welcome aboard. Thank you so much. We'll talk to you next month. Love it. Carol Yapel is our community reporter in Vancouver, British Columbia, joining us one, once a month right here on Kelly and Company with a report, interesting stuff today that she brought to us. Go back, recap, uh, take a look at what she was, t- especially at the end there, the stuff about elections in case that, that uh, uh, hits you, and of course some great tips on jumping into the ocean, having fun swimming, enjoying it, and feeling safe. You can do that at ami.ca slash kellyco where we put up uh, the, uh, the items that the community reporters bring to us. Up next, Leanne Barda joins us for an independent living skills chat. Today's topic is the expanded core curriculum. We'll talk to her in a moment. Join me every couple weeks for the Outdoors with Lawrence Gunther podcast where we learn about outdoor tech and tips. Plus, we look at news affecting the environment. AMI's Outdoors with Lawrence Gunther is available from your favorite podcast provider.